listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm Casey Foreman. From the NBA to the NFL, I'll be giving you the most recent and up-to-date news in the world of sports. You can listen live every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time at SIUEWebRadio.com or on the TuneIn Radio app and every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes Talk and Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host and Tanner File. Tanner, great to be here with you. How are you doing? I'm great, Casey. Uh, my Illinois fighting Illini I got a big win in Week Zero against, oh, no. Nebra- against Nebraska. So football is back. The team is winning. It's life is good, man. We're feeling good, you know, only just over one week away from the NFL kickoff. My Cowboys, your Bucks, still, you know, really looking forward to that as well. But a lot to look at as far as the NFL goes uh, in today's episode. Let's start out with what was the breaking news on Tuesday. I think we can both agree neither one of us saw this coming whatsoever. The Patriots cut Cam Newton. Let's break down whether or not it's a smart move for New England and what the Patriots look like going forward with Mac as their starter. Then your Tampa, uh, Buc- uh, Tampa Buccaneers, eight players, man, eight players in the top 100, the NFL's top 100 list, nearly 10% of the top 100 are Buccaneers. Let's break down if Tampa Bay is in prime position to go back-to-back, be back-to-back Super Bowl champs, and we'll wrap up the first half talking about the Dolphins. They've been in, in the news in the media recently talking about Deshaun Watson, how they might be even more interested in, in trading for that quarterback despite his off-the-field questions, his, his off-the-field issues at this point in time. We'll break down whether or not that's a smart move for Miami. Then we'll continue on and talking all things football in the second half still. Isn't that right, Tanner? Yeah, in the second half of the show, we're going to continue with our NFL division previews. This week, we're doing the AFC North, wrapping up the AFC in general for us. Right, we right. think we think it's pretty much the best division in the AFC mm-hmm. with the Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals. So we have a lot of th- things to say about those teams and kind of how many games we think they're going to win this year. Mm-hmm. And then, like we preluded to, preluded to earlier, mm-hmm. we talked about how the NFL released the rest of their top 100 list. Right. So we have the top 10 players. We're going to talk about that list, kind of critique it a little bit, and maybe give our top 10 list. And then to wrap up the show, maybe for the first time in Dudes Talking Sports history, uh, we're going to talk some college football. We uh, have a little bit of college football season preview to wrap up the show. And I can confirm, as I've been on every single Dudes Talking Sports episode, Um, To this point, uh, this is the first time we're talking college football. Stick around for Tanner's big college football preview at the end of today's episode. Super excited for that. A lot to look at today, Tanner. But let's start in New England. Okay, out out of nowhere, it seemed on Tuesday. We heard, you know, we heard some rumblings. There were some issues going on with some COVID protocols uh, in New England revolving Cam. But Tuesday, news news comes out they are releasing Cam Newton. Which, what was your first reaction? Do you think this is a good move? for the Patriots? Um, I kind of mixed feelings about it. Uh, I do feel like this is going to really uh, 
we're going to see the answer to our argument we kind of had for the draft on if if yeah, right, Mac right. Jones is if Mac Jones is good or not. We're going to kind of have a uh, there's hey. a plane fly there's a plane flying overhead. So there was, there if you guys one, hear that, there was one. <laughs> There was uh, one thing I said, though. I remember I said, if he lands in New England, that's the best place for him, and that's the most likely area for him to succeed. So I did say, but you're right, not the biggest Mac Jones fan. I, I still don't think his ceiling is that high. But, hey, day one starter. Day one starter. Yeah, so – but, I mean, obviously they he impressed enough to where they thought they didn't really need Cam Newton. They re, He re-signed in the offseason, so you had to think that he was going to at least make this 53-man roster – but we yeah. saw that wasn't the case. So now Cam Newton is a free agent, going to be out there. Hopefully he lands with another team. I don't want to see him sit as down as a free agent all year. Mm-hmm. 100%, but, 100%. But, I mean, he is a guy with a name and popularity, and that's sometimes not necessarily what you want as your backup quarterback. Sometimes you want a guy that knows how to carry a clipboard and contribute <laughs> like in film study and stuff like that, not the guy who's wearing – goofy outfits to the post game uh hey, interviews so cause questions for sure with that number one you know whoever's starting ahead of him somewhere like hey, hey a couple of bad games you have an mvp former mvp and cam newton on your bench you know it's gonna say hey how soon until you you know you, you put him in that starting role right so yes it, it brings a lot of noise bringing in a guy like cam for sure i just don't know like coming to mind like what's a what's the best fit for him right now you know what would be the best team for him to go to i thought maybe the texans just they they need anything to maybe stay relevant and obviously they have nothing but questions at that quarterback spot but besides then i'm like i don't really know where else cam would fit yeah i mean as a starter i don't know anywhere where he can fit i mean i think every team kind of has their quarterback situation at least figured out in their minds right Right. now i mean yeah we're a week away from the season right so (laughs) yeah so you better you know (laughs) so so I don't think he's going to land anywhere as a starter. I don't think any team views him that way right now. But if he's willing to be a backup, he's going to have suitors. I think teams that make sense like scheme-wise and don't really have elite backup quarterbacks. Uh, you said the Texans. The Texans make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. I think that is a home run. You have – I'm trying the to Dallas think. Ki- you, have, you have the Dallas Cowboys who just yeah. cut one of their backup quarterbacks hey, today both, and Gary both, Gilbert. Oh, both of them? Danucci was cut too. Oh, okay. I saw Gary Gilbert. <laughs> About time. I like so, Gilbert. So the I, Cowboy- I was okay with that. You know? yeah. I was a little upset yes. with Gilbert. But. So the Cowboys kind of make sense. Uh, I think the Ravens make sense because they did lose RG3. Facts. Because so, yeah. he, yeah. he, he's going to be in the booth this upcoming season. He's going to be an so, analyst, man. Yeah, yeah let's so, see that. Yeah, so I think teams like that make sense as a backup quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I would I would say like the Bills, but they have Mitch Trubisky. So right, probably and like like these are teams. These are teams role. that are used to having quarterbacks that can run the ball and they can create offense with their feet, and that's what Cam Newton does best. He can still play too. Let's not act like he's you know he's just washed. He can definitely still play. Last year, not his best year. Uh, you know, 2,600 yards, about eight touchdowns. Did have more interceptions, you know, 10 interceptions and eight touchdowns. So you don't love seeing that. A 65% completion uh, percentage, which is really good for Cam, who isn't the most accurate thrower, I would say, at times, right? So 65%, you, you love seeing that. He wasn't great, but definitely had his moments last year. You yeah, know? and there were 
Yeah, and he still is effective running the ball in the red zone. That's like what he does best. 100%. Like you're not going to stop 6'5", 250 running at you at that speed with three yards to go. So, I mean, I feel like if he's willing to accept a role as maybe like a package player like in the red zone or something like that, then I think he can still contribute to a team. But I just don't know if that's the role he thinks he fits in. That's it. Kind of the Carmelo anthem. Remember Carmelo a couple of years ago was like, yo, I'm a starter. I'm a starter. I'm, a star. I'm, not, I'm not coming off the bench. I'm not coming off the bench. I, I, uh, Allen Iverson back in the day was in that exact same. Yo, I'm a starter. I'm not coming off the bench. I'm not coming off the bench. Could Cam, I don't want to say he's, you know, following in their footsteps or anything, but it's, it's definitely possible to see where he's at on that level and if he's willing to kind of humble himself and take that backup quarterback spot. Now, let me ask you this before we move on. Mac Jones, week one starter moving forward. What are your thoughts on that? What do you think is like the the ceiling on this Patriots team as Mac as the leader of the unit? Yeah, Mac Jones starts week one against Tua, who they shared Love a quarterback Mac. shared a quarterback room in Alabama. We're going to talk about Alabama here in a little bit at the end of the show. Excited. So, that's, that's so, a great so, so just just wanted to mention that. But yeah, I think this New England Patriots team has the same, if not a higher potential with Mac Jones. If Mac Jones doesn't turn over the ball, I think this team yeah. can I think this team can really compete. I think this team is going to play good defense, and I think this team is going to take care of the ball under him, and they're going to run the football, and I think they're going to grit and grind their way to a, quite a few wins, like 10 wins. I think this is a playoff team as long as Mac Jones is in a turnover machine, which he has never – Seem he's never to be. been right. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like that's in his nature whatsoever, especially playing in a conservative system, you know, like New England. So I think you're right. I think the ceiling, I think I haven't thought of it that way, but I think you might be correct that hey, the ceiling might be a little higher with Mac because he's probably gonna have less turnovers, be more consistent, perhaps at that spot. Might not have as many of those highs, or or his highs might not be as high as a guy like Cam. But he might not ever reach reach those low points that we usually always see Cam see. I don't think Cam's ever had back to back winning winning seasons. So looking, I don't you, think so. All things all things combined, I think you're right. Maybe the ceiling is higher with the guy more consistent, uh, more reliable in that pocket. I maybe ten wins. I think they won seven last year. I've already added two uh, at nine when we when we did uh, the, the division preview. I might be willing to go up to 10. I think the ceiling on this team is about 10 wins. I'm, I'm feeling they get about uh, about nine, but I think the ceiling is about uh, 10 wins. And maybe, as you said, they do reach the playoffs. But I'm excited to see what they do because the last time, again, you never want to compare quarterbacks nowadays to the all-time greats, let alone the GOAT. But last time New England had, you know, a guy everyone said had a, had a, had a low ceiling, you know, was, was an accurate passer, but you know, didn't know – what what his upside was quietly gonna you know quite gonna be you know we we saw we see the, what the result is ultimately you know so yeah I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do I am you know I'm looking forward to see yeah it. and and people act like Mac Jones is just this guy that is only gonna be a game manager which I mean could be true but we're also talking about a guy who has the second best college football quarterbacking season maybe ever like yeah, he's we look at the stats. Yeah. Yeah, he like he tore. I mean, yes, he had good receivers, but he hit those receivers. The only person that you could say had a better like statistical run is Joe Burrow, just yeah, like the year before. Awesome. So, so, nah. 
And people obviously, don't obviously it's Joe like Burrow it's an crap. Type, it's for, an eye test yeah. type thing too. It is an eye test when you're watching Joe Burrow play. When you're watching Mac Jones play. You but when does Mac? Team. When does Mac Jones ever miss receivers? You're, no, it's not that. It's you just don't. Like, you don't have to be an incredible athlete to play quarterback. Tom no. Brady's the best. Is the best yeah. quarterback of all time, and he's not a good athlete. I, I just think it's a, it's the same kind of thing with KMS where Joe. I mean, he's a good athlete. Just Joe's highs are a little higher than what Max could be, but I think I think. As you said, you know, Mac is that consistent factor. It's right there behind him. So I'm excited to see what they can do. Maybe he makes me eat my words. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to see whatever, whatever you know, is, is coming to us. Let's move on and talk about your team. All right, Tampa Bay. We'll, we'll be seeing them play in just over a week. The uh, top 10 of that NFL top 100 list just came out over the weekend. And in, in complete, in, in total, the Buccaneers had eight players. Not in- enough. In the top 100. And Tanner apparently doesn't even think that's enough. Almost 10% of, of the top 100 list are Buccaneers. Like they play in Tampa Bay. That's not enough for Tanner. But, hey, let, let me listen real quick. Let me listen before before I get your take. I know you're just going to be talking about your boys. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, Shaq Barrett, Chris Godwin, Jason Pierre-Paul, Mike Evans, Levante David, De- uh, Devin White, and Tom Brady, all part of that top 100 list. What's your thoughts as a Tampa Bay fan right now? I think they're missing Ali Marpet, Carlton Davis, and Ryan Jensen. First <laughs> you seriously off. think they're all? Yeah, they're, I do. You deserve what, 11, 11 top 100 players? I do, yeah. Oh, my God, that's insane. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we had the most on the list, but I think that's right. I think yeah, that's most right. Team, I think most team in I the think, NFL, thank you. Yeah, I, th- I, think they, I think they do have – the most talented roster, so that makes sense. Yeah, me too. So, but that, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, the question though, there's a question. You know, do you think they're they should be the favorites right now? Uh, season starts next week. Next week, season starts. Do you think they should be the favorites going into the year to go back to back? I do. I think they should be the favorite to go back to back. But I think it's weird that Vegas doesn't see it that way. Vegas has the Chiefs as the favorite which I thought was interesting since we dog-walked them last time we played them. But, you love saying that. Anytime Kansas City gets brought up and it's like they're like slightly better than Tampa, Tanner's always like, oh, yeah, we, we just dogged them. You did. You did. I just love hearing it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a little frustrating that they're not considered the favorite in Vegas, but maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you don't want all that pressure, which, I mean, I still think they have. Yes. But, but so, I mean, I wouldn't take the field over Tampa Bay. I wouldn't even take the field in the NFC over Tampa Bay. But they should I still definitely think, be the favorites at least but, uh, but, in the NFC. But I yeah. still think they have the highest odds to win the championship. Like, if I was going to have to yeah. pick one team, I would pick them. Yeah, they're, they're the most talented roster on both sides of the ball. Like I said, they have eight top 100 players. Like, but that isn't that doesn't tell you what you're you know, hoping for. If eight of the best 100 players in in all of football, right? So that's huge. And this is going to be their second year together. This is going to be their second year with Tom Brady. You know, they they now have an off season OTAs with the best player to ever play. I think they're going to be even more, you know even even better. I think I think they're going to be even better next year. But we think we talked about them. And there's two other Hall of Famers that played last year in their first year 
back with over a year off with Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. Oh, Antonio Brown team. as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, he, he didn't play for a minute either, did he? So they both have a whole offseason. They obviously, I think, I think Tom even said Gronk's in some of the best shape he's like ever seen. Maybe he looks 10 they, years younger or something like that. And they right? said AB is like unguardable at camp. Yeah, they said he's just been insanely fast, right? Just insanely fast. So that's scary to hear from the Super Bowl champs. As you said, you know, they dog the Chiefs in, in that Super Bowl matchup. So, yeah. You know, I, I think, honestly, if you're asking me, they, they probably should be the favorites. Obviously, when they play the Chiefs, their offensive line was banged up. You know, you, you, you got to bring that in. And, and you could say the reason they're ahead of them is that one reason, the one thing that kind of blew it for them, or one of the biggest reasons, I would say, that definitely the biggest. You could say now that's that's you could say it's fixed almost. But right? we haven't but we haven't seen that offensive line. We haven't. We haven't. We have it 100 percent. That, that's also why I am going to put Tampa Bay ahead of them. But I also got to look at both sides and be like, OK, that, that is definitely why they put they gave the Chiefs the nod. They addressed that one issue. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, at, at, at the very least, they're the favorite in the NFC. OK, they're the favorite in the NFC. They, they should be making it to the Super Bowl. And when I'm thinking about the next best team in the NFC, I'm like, it's a bunch of middle, you know, it's a bunch of, you know, it could be the Packers. Well, it could be the Niners. Well, it could be the the Rams. Like, I, I don't know who's the next best team. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the NFC is kind of wide open after the Bucks. I feel like. And there's going to be another team. There's always, it's not like the Bucks are just going to walk through. There's going to be another team that competes with them. I can guarantee you that. Be Probably, I, yeah. I, I think whoever wins the NFC West is going to be a pretty tough competition but so i mean yeah this team is loaded on both sides of the ball i think they should be the favorite i think so too you know obviously the only team you can look at besides them would be the chiefs and i think the chiefs should be the favorite in the afc at the same time so they should be the favorite in the afc tampa i think should be the favorite i I think i think the Chiefs should be fair in the nfc or afc i don't know i mean i'm i'm excited for our uh, season predictions next week. Oh, it's day, day I'm here. looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I, hey, guys, make sure to tune in next week. Yeah, it's going to be, a, what, a huge, huge football NFL pack show next week. Really looking forward to that. Uh, Tanner, before we take a break, let's talk about the Dolphins, okay? Uh, out of kind of nowhere as well, you know, it's, it's been really, really low recently as far as all the news revolving Deshaun Watson and a trade uh, from, from the Texans. But reports coming out that Miami, again, interested in trading for Deshaun Watson, despite what they just looked at a quarterback in the draft last year. Two, uh, two yeah, was, last year. Last year, right? I don't know if two was two, yeah. So last year, they, they had a chance in this year's draft to go quarterback. They traded out of the spot. So... Now these rumors about Deshaun, are, are you thinking, you know, are they losing more and more confidence in Tua or is it more about, you know, the upside of Deshaun? But again, despite all the off-field issues he's having right now, you know? Yeah, so let's not get it twisted. It's Deshaun tough. Watson, like Deshaun Watson is a significantly better quarterback than almost anybody that walks this earth. He's like, top he's, five quarterback for Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. He's winning – when he and if he has talent, he might be higher than that. Like around, yes, him. yeah. I mean, so yeah. he's Maybe. like uber talented, but he does have off the field issues right now. Is he even going to play? The issues that have come up seem very real, and I don't want to like dismiss those. No, but, you can't just say, "Oh yeah, he's probably going to play," or you know, it's definitely worth worth talking about and worth concerning and, about. And the Dolphins 
have apparently made a offer with the Texans saying, yeah, we'll give you what you're asking, but if he is a sec, if he committed all those accounts of sexual assault and gets suspended, we want those picks back. And That's, they said, yeah, exactly. So what, how is that deal going to work? I also heard that they want like an okay from the league to, Hey, He's going to be able to play at some point, you know, right? We're going to be able to get him if we do make this trade. So, and they have yet to get that, you know, confirmation from either, right? They have yet to get a yes, at least from either, you know. But he's also a guy that's not on the commissioner exempt list yet. He hasn't been handed yeah, a suspension right. yet. So, why What's are you going? not move? Why are you not moving on? Like he should be the starter. If you haven't heard from the league, yeah, then it just doesn't make sense. But and we're a week he, away. He, like how? So we don't know if he is going to be able to play to start the season. But if he can, he doesn't want to play in Houston. He's made that clear. So he reported to camp. He reported to camp as well. Went through some exercises. You know, hasn't been taking the you know the the uh, starting reps with, with with the starters, obviously. But he's done some practices and some drills, and he's at training camp and. It's so weird, you know. We're a week away. Yeah, it's, we still have It's one of the. Anything. It's it. It doesn't make any sense. But they offered, I believe, I think they offered three first round picks and like three thirds or three seconds as well. It's like six first and second round picks in total. Like, and Deshaun Watson is a guy that's worth that if he yes, but if he's right able to now, play. I don't, I am not I. I it's so tough. It's so tough. I I don't. I'm one of people too. I'm not like. I'm not giving up on Tua yet either. You know. Obviously, yeah. Them, no. Then one another think, quarterback though isn't giving me a lot of hope. <laughs> yeah, know? but I think not, it makes a lot of sense for Tua to be in that trade. If they it makes a lot of no, I would try and I would try and package Tua. I, I wouldn't want to keep him on the roster because then you have questions, issues in the locker room. You want to move off of him. If you're bringing in another, you know, caliber and, quarterback like that, and, yeah. yeah, and then Houston has a opportunity to grow with another young quarterback that still has a lot of potential. People think he has some of the highest upside in the league, so you can try to groom him into being an elite quarterback if you're Houston. Like getting yeah. Tua would be a pretty good thing for this Houston Texans plus, team plus that, picks. Doesn't, that, that plus doesn't picks. have a lot of good things going for them whatsoever. Right. So start over with a young quarterback, get six picks, get six other, you know, young players and re- try and reboot your franchise, you know, w- with that youth movement, if you will. Right. So I like it a lot. And then for the dolphins, if, if he can play, I think it's, it's a phenomenal move though, for Miami, getting a quarterback of that, caliber with a team of your caliber a team what i think they won nine games ten games last year might, might that be sounds 10, right 10, nine ten I games ten. i think it was ten uh plugging in a quarterback and that was with fitzpatrick and and with the rookie you know coming in and out right with all those questions at that quarterback so imagine getting a guy a top five quarterback with that defense with i think a, a, a good offense as well right i don't, I don't want to knock anything they have offensively either so i think it makes a lot of sense but the big question is he going to play when's he going to be able to play when are we going to hear anything can we get confirmation if we give up all this stuff it won't be just for nothing so a lot of questions apparently you know tanner just said it yeah you know they put an offer in but we haven't really heard much of anything back and as of right now deshaun watson is still a houston texan 
Uh, so we'll just have to keep our eyes on that. Maybe he's moved at some point during the season. I heard people rumbling about a deadline that was on like today. That was on Tuesday. That would mean they probably wouldn't move him after this this certain deadline. I, I didn't hundred percent know uh, what they were talking about exactly, but I think it's a real option for him uh, to be traded throughout the regular season. I don't think since you know if we start the year, he's going to end the year as a Texan. I think there's still potential for him to be moved at some point, especially if the Dolphins aren't loving what they're seeing from two a few you know a few weeks, and maybe we see even more urgency for them to to make a deal happen. So. We'll see. Uh, a lot moving on. And again, Tanner, I'm going to reiterate this before we take a break. We are one week away from NFL kickoff. Buccaneers, Cowboys, one week away. Can't wait. Bucks by 30. Bucks by 30. I got Cowboys by – it's a single score game. It's going to be a close game. Cowboys win in a single score game. Don't have the exact points for you right now. We'll see. They're looking forward to it. Tanner, though, I say we take a quick break, my man. When we come back, let's start off talking about those uh, NFL divisions. Let's continue our segment with, with the NFL divisions over-under, and let's take a look at what you said. I think we both agree is probably the best division in the AFC. The AFC North, uh, the Bengals, Browns, Ravens, and Steelers. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right, guys. Casey and Tanner of Dudes Talk to Sports. We'll be right back. All right, and welcome back. As we said in the first half, let's move on and continue our segment of NFL divisions over-under. And let's, let's take our final look at the AFC as we close it out with the AFC North. Tanner and I both agree this is probably the best division in the AFC. Uh, so obviously we're talking about the Bengals, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Steelers. Uh, so the line... Let's start with the Bengals. Oh, sorry, no, no, let's start with the team that won it last year. Let's do that, okay? Then, then we'll talk about since the the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. The line is set at eight and a half for Pittsburgh. Uh, so, Tanner, what are your thoughts on the eight and a half uh, line, and what are your thoughts on their overall season, uh, how, how it's going to be in Pittsburgh? Uh, I think eight and a half is pretty low for a team that, I mean, albeit it was maybe the worst eleven and zero team ever, but they were eleven and zero to start. They won the twelve games and last they, year, right? Yeah, and they are yeah. defending division champions. So eight and a half just seems like a low number with an extra ga- game. I have them nine. You know, I have them. <laughs> that's, that's what I, was I, I have them at ten and seven. I yeah, think cool this. The, I think the Steelers team is good. I think they're improved on defense. I think they're improved on the offensive line. I think they're having improved running back. Yeah. Yeah. And they still have a plethora of receivers, even though Deontay Johnson does want out of there and they have a, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is, he's Ben Roethlisberger. He's going to turn the ball over. Sometimes he's going to make mistakes. You don't want him to, but he's also going to Win you some games. He's gonna have some forty-yard passing games every once in a while, and hundred percent. He's, he's gonna win you some games as well. He's gonna drop you some. He's also gonna make some big splash plays that end up being the biggest of you know, the results in winning the game for you, right? So, yeah. and I think the biggest thing with this Pittsburgh team is offensive line play. If this offensive line can improve from where they were last year, I think this team is gonna take even step forwards on offense that I don't know if people really predicted them to do. And losing Bud Dupree hurts on the defense, but mm-hmm. they're still loaded on defense. They have a real talent in front seven. They still have TJ Watt. They still have Mika Fitzpatrick in the secondary. Like they have 
guys everywhere. So I think the Steelers team is good, and they're well coached. They've never had a losing season under Mike Tomlin. Yeah, since this 2003, is... since 03, yeah. since they've had a losing season. I think I think yeah. that's the longest streak in football. I believe it is, yes. And, like, so this team is consistent, if anything else. So 10 wins I definitely don't think is out of the picture. I think this is definitely an over. Yeah, so eight and a half is where the line is set. They improve at running back for sure. Uh, offensive line hopefully is healthy and, and improves as well. You said the defense isn't going anywhere. The biggest thing for me, they can't have Big Ben throwing the ball 50 times per game. You're going to see him completely worn down by the end of the year, by the end of the regular season. There's an extra regular season game this year as well, right? So you can't have him you know, throwing the ball 50, 50 times per matchup. Hopefully Najee Harris helps with that. Uh, that's the biggest thing for me, though. You know, if they can have a more balanced offense, which it looks like they will, and and it doesn't look like they're going anywhere in comparison to last year. You know, this team hasn't really had that many changes as you, as you would say. This is gonna, this, you know, they're gonna fall off and have a losing year. I think the line should have at least been set at nine since it's been since '03 since they've had a losing season. Yeah, you're so, betting against history. Exactly right. So I'm not doing that. I'm gonna take the over as well. Uh, so the line is set at 8.5. I think they at least get nine, probably may, uh, they at least get nine. I'm comfortable saying that I, I don't have to go all the way to 10. And I, either way, I'm taking the over as well in Pittsburgh. They go from 12 wins last year to at least nine. A new, another winning season at the very least under Mike Tomlin. Yeah. And I think this is a playoff team again in 2021. Uh, we can talk about this a little bit since we have picked all of our AFC games. I do have my AFC standings, and I do have them in the playoffs. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a definitely a, a realistic approach to, to what their season is going to be. Again, let's just see if they can balance out that offense and if Big Ben can stay healthy, not wear down towards the end of the regular season going into the postseason. What about Cincinnati? You know, I, th- I think they're kind of a hard team to evaluate here. Joe Burrow's coming back. It, obviously, the season does kind of depend on how good, how great he can be. Uh, the line is set at six and a half for the Bengals. They only won four games last year with Joe Burrow only playing 10 out of the 16 games, obviously. They added Jamar Chase, his, his college teammate, the O-line, I think is still a mess. Where, where are you at in Cincinnati right now? Okay, so this Cincinnati team is going to score points. Yes, they're also going to score points. That's one thing we know. Yes, I they're agree. also going to get scored on for sure. Yeah, this that's defense, the question mark. <laughs> this defense is atrocious. And as far as skilled position, the Bengals are pretty good. They have Joe Burrow, who's one of the best promising young quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. For number number one overall just last year. Yeah. Uh, had a chance to win rookie of the year if he doesn't go get he hurt. He was playing super and, well. Yeah. yeah, he was playing yeah, super like, well. Yeah, he's, he's on playing, track to have over three thousand passing yards. I think. Like yeah, he was I think he's on track to have over four thousand passing yards. Oh, yeah. was he? Okay, I know yeah. it was over four. I know it was gonna be over three, but I know it was gonna be over four. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So Joe Burrow, it seems like he's the real deal quarterback. Joe Mixon, kind of a guy that a lot of people have bad feelings about because of what happened in Oklahoma and kind of fantasy disappointment, honestly, for a lot of guys. <laughs> They, uh, Joe Mixon is a big guy that always gets overrated, but he's still good. He still had over a thousand yards last year and the year before. So like he's, he's a good running back. As far as running backs go, he's in the top 
half of running backs, mm-hmm. starting running backs. And then at receiver, they're loaded. They have T. Higgins. They just drafted Jamar Chase. They still have Auden Tate. Like, they're – Burrow's going to be slinging it. Burrow's going to be slinging it. As you said, they're going to they're going to definitely be in some thirty to thirty five shootouts. You know, stuff like yeah. that for sure. We were talking about not wanting Big Ben to throw it fifty times a game. Joe I think Burrow. he won. I think he won Joe Burrow to throw yeah. the ball fifty times a game. Oh, if I'm in Cincinnati, I would be obviously. You, you don't want to kill that young arm, so so you know you're knocking years off his career, obviously. But I definitely want him throwing the ball. 35 you know i want i want him slinging that thing out there 40 times a game for sure man maybe not you know maybe not every single week obviously he's coming back from from a major injury but yeah i want the offense to be flowing through the arm of my quarterback if i'm if i'm a cincinnati bengal i just like you said i don't don't love the team you know it's just a lot of question marks and i think they're gonna their offense is gonna potentially be pretty good their in division games are going to be tough you know facing off against the yeah. Browns, facing off against the Ravens facing against the Steelers that's you know those are six games right there for you that you're probably not favored to win you know so yeah, that's true tough. it's going to be tough and then the Jets uh, looking at the easier side they also play the Jets the Lions and the Jags okay so three I don't want to say easier games, but against easier opponents. I'm, I'm interested to see how the Bengals look, how they match up to other bottom, lower tier teams like the Jags, like the Lions, like the Jets. You know, I'm interested yeah. to see that matchup. Yeah, I think this is one of the most exciting teams that does not a real contender. Like this team isn't going to yeah. go out and they're not going to make the playoffs, but I think no. they're going to be one of the more exciting teams to watch that doesn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I have them at seven wins, seven and ten, taking the over on six and a half, barely. Uh, I think this offense is too good to not win at least seven games. Yeah, I'm leaning on the over as well, six and a half. You know, you're right there on that on that either or spot right there, but. I'm taking the under, I think. You know, they won four games last year. Joe Burrow's coming back. That defense is still a mess. I think Joe wins him a few more games since he's going to ho- hopefully, hopefully he plays, you know, more than 10 games this year. And, and again, I, th- I think they win a couple more, but I haven't seen enough, you know, enough adjustment. And then, as I said, since Joe is coming back, who knows if he's going to be playing the entire year. I'm going to be a little safe here and take the under for the Bengals, six and a half. I think they win six. I don't think they get to that seventh one. I think they win six games next year. So I'm taking the under uh, for the Bengals. But I am excited to see what Joe Burrow can do, what that offense can potentially look like. What about the Ravens? What what, what about in Baltimore? I, I, I don't think they've gotten that much better, but they also had a few losses that make me scratch my head. So what are you thinking about the Ravens? I think the line is set at 11 for them, I believe. Yeah, I, I like the Ravens yeah, a lot. Yeah, I think I, I think this Ravens team is loaded. I kind of think they're the third best team in the AFC, probably to me. Uh, I have them at thirteen and four, so I think they're gonna kind of run the table in the regular season, uh, which they have done in the last couple years. Where they've had very good records. They've proven that they win in the regular season. That's what they do. I think Lamar Jackson takes a next step throwing the ball. They did get improved receivers. They went and got Sammy Watkins. They went and got Rashad Bateman. Yeah, two like guys that. Two guys that can really help this receiving core that, quite frankly, really needed it. So 
couple this, of losses too, though. And obviously, J.K. Dobbins out for the year more than likely. Murray's going to miss most of the year at least. I think what they're like, one of the uh, he's out the whole year. Okay, so one of their and linebackers, then, Matthew Judon, and then went, Judon. To New, went to New England. So they have a couple of losses that I am a little concerned about. Those are two decently spotted. I think Judon had like six, six to eight sacks for him last year. So he was a decent part of of, of their defense. Missing him, missing their number one back. It's a little concerning to say the yeah, but, least, right? But they're loaded in the secondary. I think their secondary is one of the best in the NFL. And they have Patrick Queen, who I think is going to take the next step at linebacker this year. Like, I don't know. I trust this team. I trust, I trust Lamar. I, th- I trust I, Lamar. And I, don't I trust Lamar Jackson. I trust John Harbaugh. Yeah, John Harbaugh th- as well. Yes. Yeah. I, I think this team is going to be good. I have taken the over again here at 13-4. and four. So, Lamar, he does continue to get better. I don't love the losses of Judon or J.K. Dobbins. I, well, he, I think, yeah, he's ba- he has, he's, he's back-to-back over 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards passing, which obviously 1,000 yards passing, not much, but back, you know, over 1,000 yards in passing and rushing in back-to-back years. Not something – I think he has back-to-back 3,000. I don't, I don't know if he – I don't seasons. think he had 3,000 last year. I don't think he got to 3,000. I could be mistaken, but I don't know if he got to 3,000 last year. But either way, I feel like he definitely did. That's like did? nothing. That's like nothing in the NFL now. No, I, I didn't know if he did or not, though. I was looking at the stats earlier today. But either way, I could be wrong. He does continue to get better. He's got a thousand, at least 2,500 yard uh, passing, a thousand yards rushing. Right. So he had 2,757. Yeah, I thought so. I, I don't think he eclipsed hmm. 300. I don't think he eclipsed 3,000. So over 2,000 to 2,500 uh, yards passing, over a thousand yards rushing. Not something we see. He continues to get better and better in the pocket as well, which is which is a a good sign their schedule is tough chiefs colts chargers dolphins packers rams those are all some of those are at least coin flips for me it's but the ravens tough. have the ravens have won a lot of big games lately in the regular lamar's season. a winner lamar is a winner that's also part of the reason this is this is kind of tough for me i also think it's going to be tough in their division with the browns and the steelers not sure if they get because last year they won 11 games. I'm not sure if they go back to back 11 win seasons. I think I'm taking the under in Baltimore. I think I'm taking the under. I think they get to 10 and 7. I don't think they get me or, or they get right, right at 11. It's either 10 or 11. I'm not taking the over though. I'm not taking the over. I don't think they get to 12. I think this is one of the uh, largest differences we've had in win totals and the teams we've picked. Usually we're pretty spot on, like pr- uh, pr- pretty similar or, you know, very similar to say the least. Right. But yeah, I, I just, for some reason they've had so much success. I feel like this is a year with, with some of the losses. I've, I feel like this is a year that as they don't improve, they kind of stay where they've been and maybe they lose one where, where they would regularly take, take home the victory. Right. So I'm, I'm taking uh, the under, I think they go 10 and seven this year, maybe 11 and six. That's kind of where I'm sitting at. Uh, for Baltimore. All right. And then uh, if we want to move on to, I think the most interesting team in this division, the Cleveland Browns, that's such a weird statement to make. So weird. But but if, <laughs> so yeah, if we want to talk about the Browns here, their line <laughs> is set pretty high. Their line is set at 10 and a half wins for a 10 team and that, a half, dude. They won what, 11 that, or 10 last year. How many games did they win last year? 10? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But it's a team that hadn't been in the playoffs in years until last year. It just seems like a very high line. 
Seven to an F. I mean, I'm taking the over. I think this Browns team is loaded. Don't get me wrong here. I don't want it to sound like I'm taking the under. I think the Browns win 12 games this year. I think they're loaded. I have them at 12 and 5. I think Baker Mayfield takes the next step. I think they have the best running back tandem. They have good receivers. They have good tight ends. They have the best offensive line. They have Miles Garrett rushing the passer. They Hopefully, Jadavion Clowney can make that next step. You have young D-backs that you just brought in from uh, L.A. that were studs last year. Like This team is loaded on both sides of the ball. Yeah, they I, did add John Johnson and Jadavion Clowney. I do have questions, though. On, I, don't, I don't know if Clowney got a single sack last year. So I'm I'm a little concerned on on. on what but he has Miles Garrett to get the double teams on the other side this year. That's fair. That's fair, right? He was the the focal point right in, in Tennessee. So I, I understand that for sure. Uh, John Johnson, you know, a, a very good addition as well. And yeah, I think you're right. I think they have one of the best O lines, one of the best running back duos, one of the best receiving cores in all of football, right? In in all those categories, right? One of the one of the very very best. So it's hard to. But I, I know what you're talking about as far as ten and a half wins being a little high for the line. When, when we're looking at the Steelers, looking at looking at Pittsburgh, a team that that has had a winning season since 2004, right? In comparison to the team like the Browns, who've had a losing season practically since last year, and their line is set so high, and their theirs is a little low. Right? So I, I do think that's a little interesting for sure. Uh, but I think I'm taking the over as well for the Browns, right? This is a very good team. Like you said, pretty on, on paper, we'll see how they do on field. On paper, pretty much loaded on both sides of the ball. Odell's coming back. Hopefully, Baker continues to get more and more comfortable and consistent as we saw you know, towards the end of last year's season. Uh, obviously, it depends on health. If everyone can stay healthy, like Odell, let's see if he can stay healthy for, for an, an entire season. Uh, and, but in my eyes, the biggest factor is, as you said, Baker Mayfield taking that next step. You said you think he is going to take that next step. I am a little uncertain. Maybe I'm not taking – I don't know if they win 12 games, as you said, but I'm definitely going to take the over. Uh, looking at their schedule, I think 11, maybe 12 is, is very doable. I think they are, you know – arguably the better team in a lot of their matchups, you could say, you know? Yeah. I think this Browns team is loaded. I think they're, they should be favored in almost every single game they play. I think week one against the chiefs is their toughest game of the season. Definitely. I think, I think yeah. if they lose that game, people are going to act like the sky's falling and Cleveland, like don't relax this team. I mean, don't freak out. The team's been in the Super Bowl twice. I think like, they're going to shock, and I think they're going to be hanging with KC to start the season. I, I think it's going to be a close game, a little bit of a shootout. We'll see who takes – I don't know who's going to take the cake, who's going to be, you know, week one victory, take the week one victory, but I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I, me too. I, I, I think, really do. I think there's a – not not to say it's a – I think, it, I think, it's, it's, I think yeah. it's the game of the week. Yeah, probably is. Besides, maybe we'll see on my cat with maybe the Cowboys upsetting the Bucks. That might that might take the cake. But besides that, yeah, I definitely I definitely think that's gonna be good. either way. Either way, the schedule's not the worst. I think I think they can win eleven. The line the line is set at ten and a half. Uh, yeah, definitely taking the over. They at least get ten, and I think they probably get to eleven or twelve. So yeah, we'll see. Again, I think it depends on Baker Mayfield if he can take that next step and be more confident. Or maybe a little less confident because that may be a little bit of his issue, a little cocky, right? Maybe he can be more comfortable, more consistent. Uh, and then we'll see. The ceiling is pretty high on this Browns team, though. It, it, it really is. Yeah, there's hasn't been a better time to be a Browns fan in 
decades decades yeah decades. <laughs> definitely say decades right so awesome looking forward to week one that is the afc north so what you have the ravens winning the division i have the browns yeah i have the division standings the ravens at 13 and 4 the browns at 12 and 5 the steelers at 10 and 7 and the Bengals at 7 and 10 okay cool they're oh, over yeah. on all four teams yeah shoot you did go over on all four that's a record i think that's a record, and I think we disagreed the most. That's a record as well, I would say, right? Definitely. Uh, but I got the Browns winning with 11 to 10 wins. Uh, Ravens right behind at 10, maybe 11, probably at 10. Steelers right there at 9, and then Cincy right there at 6, I believe, right? So, yeah, I'm definitely some different views. You can interchange the Ravens and the Browns for those top spots, whatever you're preferring. Let's move on, though. Uh, th- but again, that was the AFC. We are now completely complete with the AFC. La- or next week will be our last division. And what we're doing, the NFC West next week? That is correct. Correct. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Make sure you guys check out next week's show. Uh, let's move on, though. Talk about the NFL's top 10. So, obviously, the top 100 list came out. We- I think we talked about uh, spots 100 through like 41 i think that was pretty much what was that when we first covered it um so about 60 60 different players a a decent sample size for sure the top 10 was released i thought we talked about it uh, a little bit earlier eight of your bucks made the entire uh top 100 right tom brady did make the top 10 he was at number seven let me go ahead and list the 10 from one Uh, to 10 so we'll start at the top so Patrick Mahomes at one Aaron Donald at two Aaron Rodgers at three Derrick Henry four Travis Kelsey five uh, Devontae Adams at six Tom Brady at seven DeAndre Hopkins made the top 10 at number eight for back-to-back seasons Uh, TJ Watt at nine and Josh Allen made the cut at number 10 Uh, so Tanner looking at this list what was like the first thing that come to your mind and What's overall your opinion? Good list, bad list? Nah. Uh, I think it's Where a. I, I think it's an analyst. Yeah. Um, obviously, I have some problems. I wouldn't put them in that order, like or anywhere close. But <laughs> I think it, it's what I expected. I expected. I understand it. Yeah, yeah. Quarterbacks and receivers always get overrated on this list, and linemen always get underrated on this list. So I'm not surprised to see what it is. I don't think TJ Watt's a top 10 player. I don't think Josh Allen is a top 10 player. Me either. I agree 100%. And not one offensive lineman made the cut. Yeah. And like, that's definitely a little surprising. I would say, right. At least. Yeah. When you, when you, when you pointed out at least, and those are some of the most skilled players in all of football. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have problems with the players that are on there. But it's exactly what I expected. It's been the same since they started doing the list. It's just, it's just how it is. Players are gonna I, vote I, for quarterbacks I, and receivers over anybody. I get it though. You know, Mahomes obviously forty-seven. You know, I think we can both agree Mahomes deserves that number one top spot. Aaron Donald as well deserves that number two spot. They had like 13, 14 sacks last year. So um, do you want to talk about our top ten? Where we would rank? Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm keeping Mahomes and Aaron Donald at one and two for sure. Same. But I am not putting Aaron Rodgers at number three. I'm not doing it. I am going to put him in my top 10. I have respect for him, so I'm going to keep him in my top 10, but I'm definitely going to put Tom Brady ahead of him. I'm just maybe Derrick Henry goes at that three spot or uh, maybe uh, I'm so torn. Does a guy like Tyree kill who didn't even make this top 10 go all the way up at that spot? I think he is probably the best receiver in football right now. So who's at number three for you? Uh, 
That's a tough question. I would probably say Jalen Ramsey. I think corner is the hardest position in football. I'm and not as I high on Ramsey. And I and I, I think he's the best corner in football. So I'd probably go Jalen Ramsey at number three. And then at number four, I think you got to go with some sort of pass rusher. I think that's Miles Garrett, not TJ Watt. I think Miles Garrett's yeah, Miles the best Garrett pass rusher. Should definitely have made this list. I, I, so, I'm not as high on Ramsey, but Garrett should definitely be on here. So I'm going to go Ram or Garrett four and Tyree Kill at five. Okay, I'm cool. I'm cool. With that. I'm, I'm not going to put uh, Ramsey in mind, though. I'll probably put Tyreek at that top spot ahead of them. Uh, but I'm cool with Garrett being right there at four. I'm cool with that. And then and then I feel like you have to have some sort of offensive line in there. I put Quentin Nelson at six he's for me. I think, yeah. I think he's the best interior lineman in the NFL. I think he's the best lineman in the NFL. Yeah. So he makes a huge difference. Look, it doesn't matter who runs the ball in Indy. He just—he's a road grader, and he's an elite pass protector. He really does it all that you want for an offensive lineman. And then after that, I would probably put Khalil Mack. Uh, Khalil Mack is a guy that's numbers don't really jump off the page anymore, but he also faces more double and triple teams than like anybody in the NFL. So, like his numbers aren't going to jump off the page, but he's. A huge factor that teams I know have JJ to Watt for. did see the most. He's JJ Watt was number one, but I'm yeah, Khalil Mack is right there behind him on that top three for sure. Khalil, uh, I'm, I'm the I didn't have Khalil on mine either. I didn't have Jalen Ramsey on mine. I think Tom Brady for sure deserves to be around that middle of the pack, five to six range. I think he deserves that. Just basically would, be the Super Bowl champ. What he did yeah, like I, bring in Tampa. I, I would put Brady at eight. Okay, eight. so. Yeah, just because I think quarterbacks do get overvalued on this list. I mean, it is the most important position in football. It so is. That makes, so that makes sense. But also, like, these are – I think this is supposed to be a not, like, position-weighted list, at least in my eyes. Almost like a position-less list. You know yeah, what so I mean? Just like, who are the best football players? Exactly. And I wouldn't necessarily say – Right now, that he's the top seven football player, but I put him at eight just because he is. He's doing things we've never seen. He just won the Super Bowl. He still gets it done at a high level. It's not like he's just a winner. And then I would probably put Travis Kelsey at nine. I think. Uh, I think what he does at tight end is super unfound. I think he's pretty much a receiver, but he gets open and he can. Like run through you, he can dude run around 14, you. He did fourteen hundred yards last year, one hundred and five catches. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, it's insane. That's, that's that's wide receiver. <laughs> that's elite wide receiver numbers at tight end. So it's pretty different. And then I have David Bakhtiari, who I think is the best tackle in the NFL. I have him at ten. Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, a few people that I I, I definitely didn't see or didn't have making the cut on mine, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I was. I think I got to boot him out as well. Uh, Stephon Diggs did not make the list. Russell Wilson as well. Guys who did make it last year. So uh, Stephon Diggs. Uh, sorry, no, sorry, Stephon didn't make it last year, but uh, Russell did and Tyreek did. So they are both all out of the top ten. They were in it last year. I'm just kind of debating. I think I'm, I'm leaning offense in a lot of this. So I know I'm not as educated as you probably are on that defensive side of the ball. And I'm also not as high on a guy in Jalen Ramsey. I like Mahomes at one. I like Aaron Donald at two. I probably put Tyreek Hill. 
like uh, it's, it's so tough. I might, I might even put Brady at number three spot. I like Derrick Henry at that four. I think he's the best running back in football. I think Travis Kelsey, best tight end in football, probably deserves that number five spot. Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in football, probably deserves to be on the list in my eyes too. I think Aaron Rodgers also deserves it. Forty three hundred yards is the MVP of the league. I think yeah, but you probably, can't have but you can't have sixteen guys in the top. No, 10. I know it's so tough. Honestly, it, it really is. But either way, I I don't hate I don't hate this list. I really don't. I think I think it's pretty solid as far as looking at and, and the players vote right. This is the players list. Yes, it is. The players are given a list and they rank their top twenty players and then they use an algorithm to find it from there. Uh, oh, so they only I, did 20. I, yeah, so I have been told. I mean, I have seen that some players literally only fill out like one name and then turn it in. You don't have to fill out the top 20. Some guys just don't turn it in. Some guys make a joke out of it. So it's a it's a weird system that they use for it. I feel like you could probably find a better system. I'm not sure how, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think having the players do it makes it – like a cool aspect to it, but also these guys also don't see these guys play every week. Like they see them play once a season. Yeah. You're a hundred percent correct. They're not, they're not evaluating and watching them week in and week out. Like people, I don't, I don't want to say people like us, but exactly people like, like us who watch football every single Sunday, every single Thursday, stuff like that. Right. So yeah, and, you know they're not by any means analysts, but they are players who play against. Yeah, them. and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying they them. don't know football. Obviously. No, I'm obviously, saying. no. But you know they're playing against them, just ranking how tough it is probably to play against this guy. Man, this guy was really good last time I played him. Put him a little higher on the list, perhaps. And like right, so stuff like that definitely happens. You know, and it's hard for a offensive lineman to rank a corner. You know. Yeah, exactly. You're just going off, oh, this guy, I hear, you know, he's ranked pretty good or his stats are really good or he's on the scouting report most times going, you know, stuff like that, right? So hard to say. My biggest thing is though, I probably take off TJ White, uh, take off Josh Allen. i got to put Tyreek Hill, and I'll throw Miles Garrett in there as well. As far as the order, I don't care so much. I think it's pretty interchangeable. Uh, but, again, the biggest change is I'm going to take TJ off, take Josh Allen off, put in Tyreek, put in Miles Garrett, and then – arrange them however however it makes you guys happy pretty much that's that's pretty much how chill i am with this uh let's move on though and talk about the final thing the final big thing of the show i would say one thing that you've been looking forward to for for a while now one thing that hasn't been covered a single time on the show college football is back what was your thought on the uh, opening weekend this past week I mean, it was like a pre-opening weekend. They call oh, it, right. week it was week zero, right? Yeah, they call it week zero for a reason because there was only five games, yeah. uh, only one game between two Power Five teams, Illinois and Nebraska. If you could even call them Power Five teams, both teams pretty bad. But, yeah, looking at the other games, it's like you know Fresno State against Connecticut and UCLA against Hawaii and stuff like that, right? So, yes. but but yes. but I mean, this week is loaded. You have Wisconsin versus Penn State. You have. Georgia versus Clemson, which is number five versus number three. You have Texas versus Louisiana Lafayette, which is a top 25 matchup. Like these, there's three or four games that are top 25 versus top 25. Alabama versus Miami is the other one. So, like, this week is loaded in college football. So, I'm hyped. Football's officially back. <laughs> Game day in the morning. Crowds going crazy. Whiteouts in Penn State. Uh, it's just a different the, vibe. The, the, 
the you big know. house going crazy uh death valley in lsu just rocking setting off the seismic scale like college, there's nothing like college football the tradition like i just love it so if so, you want to let me ask you, you want to talk about i'm talking about I'm, right. talking about I'm talking about heisman before you look at Unless you, unless you, I know, I know you got a few, a few conferences or all the conferences you want to go over real quick as well. So, what are your, what are your thoughts overall on who's going to stack up in which conference? All right. So you want, let's do conferences first. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So, what, well, just the Power Five conferences. Obviously, people don't really aren't going to care to hear about the MAC. Yeah. Let's just the, go. <laughs> but I mean, if you want to talk MAC football, text me. But yeah, hit us up in the DMs, and Tanner will will get to you sooner rather than later for sure. But so let's start with just the power five teams. Let's talk about the Big Ten. Is there anyone else on the Big Ten besides Ohio State? Ohio State just runs this division up and down. They've won it four or five years in a row, which is the longest in their history. And I think tied for like the longest ever, I believe, like longest streak of Big Ten championships. This team is loaded on both sides of the ball again. They have another athletic, dynamic quarterback. Uh, coming in he's a freshman and then they're gonna hold on so like this big 10 is not the greatest besides ohio state it seems like it's kind of a one team race uh i think the only team that can really compete with ohio state this year is wisconsin and wisconsin's not on the same level that ohio state is if they play and they get lucky they can beat Ohio State, but I just can't see this Wisconsin team running the table enough to get into the college football playoff, even if they do beat Ohio State. So that's the Big so, Ten. So Ohio State is clearly going to run away with it is, is Tanner's mindset right now. That's your mindset. Yeah, unfortunately, because if you know anything about me, I hate Ohio State. Yeah, I did but, know that, actually. <laughs> yeah, so it's, like, pretty tough, but – they're so good, and it's so hard to talk about anyone else in the Big Ten because they are so much better than everyone else. And he's like in uh, the coach is just a Urban Meyer clone, and when he leaves, it'll just be another clone of the same guy, and they're gonna have some fast quarterback. They do. They are going to have some fast quarterback, and that's going to be able to throw the ball a mile, and is going to be a disappointment in the NFL. But <laughs> so the, this Ohio State team is loaded, and I think they're going to win the Big Ten again, and they're probably going to be the three or the four seed in the college football playoff. And people are going to think they're going to win the championship, and then they're probably not. Facts. I'm cool with that. I'm not the biggest Ohio State either. Obviously, the only the only thing I root for, rooted for, or you know, like about Ohio State is that you know Zeke went there. Obviously, besides that, I don't really care much for it whatsoever. But I think you're correct, and they are probably the most relevant and you know miles ahead, the best team in that conference. And then moving on to the Big Twelve, if you want to talk about that, yeah, yeah. Uh, that it kind of seems like it's kind of the same story with Oklahoma. People think. I mean, Oklahoma is the Ohio State of the Big 12. This is a team that dominates on offense, has had a bunch of Heisman Trophy winners with Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, and Jalen Hurts was a finalist. And I think this team is always going to have a good offense. That's how this team is. They have good running backs, 
good wide receivers, good quarterbacks, and they have maybe the best quarterback in college football right now, Spencer Rattler. He's, he's the, the favorite. He's the Heisman favorite right now, isn't he? Yeah, so so he's the Heisman favorite. He coming off a pretty dominant freshman year where a lot of people thought he was doing things where they really didn't expect him to. But I kind of don't think this Oklahoma team is going to win the championship. I kind of think Iowa State's going to win the Big 12. I think Iowa really? State's a more co- I think Iowa State's a more complete team on both sides of the ball. They can pass the ball with the best one with Brock Purdy and their running back is also one of the best in the nation. Like so they have a well-balanced offense and they play more more defense than Oklahoma does. I think the Big 12 championship is going to be between those two teams. Awesome, dude. They're talking about the Heisman, though. So Spencer Rattler, number one. I think Bryce Young, I think is – I don't know if he was like second or third behind him. I think he, I think he had the third best odds at plus, uh, plus 1,000, plus 450 with Spencer Rattler. Were there any other guys jumping off the page or maybe some sleepers in your eyes as far as the Heisman goes or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about some of those guys here in a second. Oh, awesome, awesome. Uh, okay, so then if we move on to the ACC, we have – that's Clemson's division. Everyone kind of thinks Clemson runs this conference. But I think Clemson does take a step back without Trevor Lawrence there this year. They you have – think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah they, I mean, they have another five-star quarterback coming in in the uh, DJ – I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. No, I saw book, that as well. That's because tough. I, it's because I'm gonna because I'm gonna butcher it. He's a huge guy. He's he's very very good. He played against Notre Dame whenever they lost against Notre Dame last year, because Trevor Lawrence was out for COVID. So, but I I think North Carolina is good. I think Sam Howell is the best quarterback in the nation, and I think they're gonna win some games. And I think Mac Brown at his hundred years of age is gonna lead this team to an ACC championship. You, ukulele, maybe? I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to say his name now since you said that. I, I have no idea. That That is a tough one. And then the it's SEC. The SEC is Alabama. Like, it's – I mean, it's Alabama. It's always going to be Alabama as long as Nick Saban's there. Yeah, nothing's Ge- changed. Georgia is very good this year. Texas A&M is good. All these teams could – living in the city. <laughs> yep. Living uh, in Buffalo, man. Yeah, so uh, this is a team that – I mean, this is a division that's stacked with teams. Best quarterback play in the nation this year is in this conference. There's about seven NFL quarterbacks, eight NFL quarterbacks playing in this conference. So it's loaded. But I, I do think it's Bryce Young and the SC, the eventual SEC champions in Alabama. I think that's who's going to run this division, just like who has been running this division. Probably going to win the national championship. They're Alabama. I would not be surprised whatsoever. So, <laughs> and, and then in the Pac-12, the favorite is Oregon. Most people take in Oregon. Yeah. Uh, they're a team that consistent was, man. Team that say... was competing last year, but I think USC wins. I think Keaton Slavis is the best quarterback in the country. Oh. I mean, the best quarterback in the division. Okay. And they're they have players on both sides of the ball. They have dynamic receivers. I think USC takes it. And then if you want to talk now, you want to talk about Heisman. Favorites. Yes. So, so I saw, you know, Rattler has high odds uh, or has the best odds. And then Bryce Young uh, was, was a couple of spots, a couple of spots behind him. Where are you at on the, on the Heisman race at the start of the season? Where, where do you think it's going to end up? Yeah. It's very rare that the 
preseason favorite wins the Heisman. And I don't, like I predicted, I don't think Oklahoma is going to win the Big 12. I think it would be very hard for Spencer Rattler to win the Heisman if they don't win the Big 12. Right. So to not contradict myself, I feel like I can't pick right. Spencer Rattler. So I'm going to go Bryce Young winning it. I know he has never started a game at Alabama, but the kid is dynamic. Watch his highlight tape. Go online. You'll be impressed, I promise you. <laughs> and I think a dark horse to win it is Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. If Cincinnati can go undefeated, they're going to make the playoff because they play in South Bend against Notre Dame, and they play in Indiana against a top 25 team. If they can beat both those teams and go undefeated in the American, they're going to be in the playoffs. And I think Desmond Ritter is going to be a dark horse Heisman guy. Nice. That is not a name I think I've I, I, I've heard yet. Right? I, don't, I don't even know if honestly if I've ever heard of him. It's from Cincinnati, you said. Yeah, they're a top eight team. Okay, man. I hey, we're gonna book it. We're gonna take this down as one of Tanner's dark horse as the college season progresses. We'll make sure to check back in on this. Uh, hey, first time ever, Tanner. College college uh, football. Preview. It won't be the last time. It won't be the last I'm gonna, time. I'm going to make Casey watch at least the Clemson-Georgia game this week. Tanner has said that I will be watching. We'll see if it's true. I will be watching some college football this year. I'm going to do my very best, and let's see if he can convince me to do so. Uh, besides that, though, not too much going on in, in the sports world right now. As far as the NBA, I think this is our first show, and who knows how long we haven't talked basketball Really, really what? So usually we have, we have at least one, you know, a little, little sprinkle of basketball in there, right? But today, no basketball whatsoever. Only thing going on in the NBA, uh, Ben Simmons reporting he's not going to go to training camp if he's not traded by then, which is something we pretty much could have assumed. We've heard the relationship is over and that, you know, he wants to be traded, doesn't plan to play there anymore. I have heard Sacramento is an option there. I like the Sacramento. I, I think I saw Rob Perez tweet earlier, but they could trade uh, Ben Simmons potentially – for for Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton, and then maybe maybe a, a couple of first round picks after that. I love pairing with uh, Darren Fox and Davion Mitchell with a guy like Ben Simmons, a, a little bit more of an older, uh, more of an older defensive presence, uh, presence a defensive minded guy, I should say. Right, so I love that pairing in Sacramento, and then in in Philly, Halliburton and Buddy Heald, two guys who can shoot the ball. Halliburton, who knows quite how high his ceiling is. Obviously, you want to get. You, you want to get an all-star in return, right? You're trading an all-NBA caliber guy like Ben Simmons. You want to at least get a guy who's made an all-star team or is, is perhaps on that path, right? So for some Sixer fans, it could be a little disappointed in the But if you're team. not but if he's not gonna play, he's not you gonna play. Something. You know, you're you're looking, you know, the value is is that an all-time low. And the more he says he doesn't want to play, the more he says I'm not going to training camp, the less leverage that Phil the less leverage Philadelphia has, right? So I think right now your best bet is looking at at, at a CJ McCollum. You're looking at, at at a buddy healed. Guys who can shoot decent off-ball guys as well uh, can try and spread the floor, get more of an outside and an inside game for you. You know, with, with them on the outside and beating the inside, right on the outside and beating the inside. So we'll see. If I, I just don't think you're gonna be able to get an all-star. Like like the big talk right now in Philly is a guy like Damian Lillard. You're not gonna be able to go and get a Damian Lillard-esque player with a guy like Simmons, whose floor is at an all-time low. And last year, it's funny to think about last year, you could you could have got a James Harden. For, for Ben Simmons. Now you can barely get a CG McCollum or a buddy healed. It's kind of showing you how that market has drastically changed. Uh, the Lakers signed Rajon Rondo 
right? So they're getting they're getting even older, uh, even more <laughs> even even more veteran experience. I think Rondo even said, uh, "I'm one of the young, five youngest guys on this roster." <laughs> Actually, right? So he's not even one of the older guys. He's one of the young guys. Rondo is on this Laker team. So that's that's kind of. But I love the addition, bringing him back, even if he's just more of a locker room guy, right? So I I like that addition overall. Yeah, I think that addition makes a lot of sense. They kind of still need some guard play, some ball handling. I think you can never have too much of that, and I think that's going to help the team a lot. We have seen that he does play better in the playoffs. Yeah, so that's 100%. Gonna need so we'll see. We'll see. You know, it's, it's, hard. it's hard to say what's going to happen. But, yeah, playoff Rondo is definitely a thing. We'll see what he does for the Lakers this year. Besides that, though, man, not much going on. Uh, a, a lot of football heavy, you know, a lot of stuff going on in football. One week away, Tanner from NFL kickoff. Uh, great show. I think I'm going to log off and go watch Hard Knocks. <laughs> all right. You have fun with that. <laughs> uh, so thank you all for tuning in. Go check us out on Twitter, dudes talking underscore pod. Check us out on Instagram, dudes underscore talking underscores uh, sports. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a voice message or just a message in general on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, for dudes talking sports, that's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. We'll see you guys next week. What's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Tanner File.
obviously MLB opening opening day on oh, yeah, this past week. week. So, so if you're a huge baseball go guy, yeah, go go Cards for sure. Uh, go Yankees. Growing up, I was a Yankee fan. As far as everyone listening, thank you all for your continued support. Go follow us on Twitter, dude. Talking underscore pod, whatever platform you're listening on. Go give us a follow, a subscribe, a comment, a like, wherever you're like, wherever you're. I'm Casey Foreman. Thank you guys for listening. I think that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Deuce Talking Sports. Sounds good. Deuce Talking Sports.